Okay, Pepper, how you doing? Um, well, what we're trying to look at today, uh, as you can see from the title, everybody clap your hands, question mark, is the topic of uh, clapping or banging on tables or dancing on Shabbat. Uh, so there's, uh, there's two, two elements, two foci here. One is, so that there's a halacha question, what, is our, what are we allowed to do uh, in this realm on Shabbat? Okay, so that's sort of one goal. Uh, a second uh, side goal, but I think, um, generally speaking, when, you know, I don't give a sheer clothing that much, so whenever I give sheer clothing, so I try to help a little bit with more of a methodological, uh, conceptual idea. And you'll see how it plays out, but sort of thinking about Zerot, right, decrees from Chazal that for some reason feel like they're not as relevant necessarily, and how do we deal with that? And you'll see, I think, some, some of the issues that come, comes up with some of this uh, issue has to do with sort of how do we approach a much larger issue. In this, again, we'll focus on this particular circumstance, but at least it gives like an opening to start, to start a larger conversation, which we're not going to have now. But at least it will get, get you guys thinking about that kind of question, which I know comes up a lot in our, on our discussions. Okay? Um, so, we'll start with the, with the, with the, the Mishnah. Okay? Source number one is the Mishnah in Masaka Beitza. And the Mishnah says as follows. Actually, I think this Mishnah actually is like, uh, for me, it's like the top list of the most, uh, I don't know if I say hated, but uh, the least appreciated Xero de Rabbanim on Shabbos. You'll see the list in a second. The Mishnah says, Kol Shechayevin Alav Mishim Shvut, Mishim Rashut, Mishun Mitzvah, Bishabbat, Chayevin Alav Yomtov. So the context is trying to tell us that Masechah Beitzah deals with Yomtov, okay? Uh, that's why the Yerushalmi calls off them, you know, Masecha Yomtov. Um, that anything that you're liable for because of Shvut or Rashut or Mitzvah, and those terms have to be defined, on Shabbos, the same will apply on Yomtov. It says, These are, these are things that are prohibited because of Shvut. How would, we, how would we define the word Shvut? If we could define the word Shvut. At least what's the... Yeah, Dad? Right, milashon. What's the what's the shor of the word shvut? Shabbat, Shabbat, right? To, to rest or something like that. So, yeah, shvut is a is a term, but you know, sort of zero uh, uh, things that we're not going to do because of the Shabbos that we're trying to uh, maintain. Okay, so here are here they are. Lo olin ba'ilan, you can't climb a tree. Velo rochvina gavi be'imai, you can't ride an animal. You can't swim, right? You see everything, people like uh, getting so upset, right? All these things are And then, for our purposes, we'll focus on the last few. Okay? You can't do those three actions. We're not going to define those yet. The Gemara, well, we'll get Rashi will help us in a second. The Gemara says, Why is it that we can't do those three things? Sheer. It's a xera. It's a decree from the rabbis, lest you fix musical instruments. Okay, what are these three things? So look at the Rashi. Rashi says, Eim mitapchin biyad. Okay, so what would we call that? Clapping. Clapping. al yareich. What's that? Like to, like to kind of like smack, like hit your thigh or something, like to keep you nose, know, keeping the beat, whatever. Okay. And the Eim that's Gregel. That's with your feet. That's dancing. Okay. And he says, "Vakulan All of these things are things you do as like an enjoyment and for music. Okay. The problem is that if you end up um, fixing 
a musical instrument that's creating a kli, anytime a utensil, anytime we making a fixing a kli on Shabbat is prohibited. Why is it prohibited on Shabbat to fix something like a musical instrument? David? Final blow could be makebet batisha, could be, right? The final hammer blow is one of the uh, 39 malachat of Shabbat. Okay? Another possibility? Just a what's wrong? That's not that's not one on the list. So what is that? So final blow might it's probably the right answer. You might say uh, you might say bone that there's a little machlok there whether the bone that building applies to kelim and that applies to utensils. But one of those two things, okay? One of those two things certainly is not. Okay, guys, this is a classic zera. I just want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Classic zera in the sense that the concern that Chazal have that we maintain. The, the, uh, the observance of Shabbat on the Doraita level, on the Torah level, so we make sure we make certain things prohibited on the rabbinic level. Okay, so that we don't even do things that might lead one to do those things. Okay, um, any questions? Good, so Yeah, makes sense. One quick caveat, important to mention, and we'll come across this, I'm sure. Guys, whenever we, may, we have the concept of Gzeirot, I'm sure you've heard this before, whenever we have Gzeirot, so by definition, the gzeirah then has to apply across the board. Okay, gzeirah is not something that can be said, well, it applies to me or doesn't apply to me. Right? It has to be that everyone is not allowed to do this particular thing because people in general may come to violate the Torah requirements of Shabbat. Right? And therefore, someone might say, well, uh, let's go let's do the swimming example. I know that's a, that's a hot button issue. So swimming example, we'll say, well, what's the reason you don't swim on Shabbat? What was the, what's the, there? what's the concern there? Moshe, remember? Uh, not drying your hair with the... Oh, that's also an issue. That's not, that's not the technical gzera. It's also a problem. That's good. Adin? You might build a rat. Yeah, the Gemara says you might build a rat. So someone goes, well, I don't know. I'm not building any rafts, right? I'm not building any rafts. So first of all, we could quibble with that a little bit, maybe, because the question is what's building a raft or whatever. But I'm not going to build a raft. I'm swimming in the swimming pool. There's no raft material around me. So I should be allowed to swim in the swimming pool. So the, the quick answer to that question is, or to that claim is, it's not all about you. That's not how laws work, right? Laws don't work that way. It's not like, well, as long as the law applies to me, then I'll observe it. If it doesn't apply to me, I'm not going to observe it. It's just not how, that's not how it works. We can't have a system where people observe the laws as long as because once, once you have that breakdown, once people can do it themselves, then exactly the concern that Chazal have is that, well, someone else won't be as, uh, as careful as you are, right? And that's the whole concern in general. Yeah. But shouldn't that be more of a, you made for a minority? Like, shouldn't the have been made? No, okay, so that's a good question. So this is not really what we're dealing with. This is just an introduction. But the idea is that the Gzair, guys, the question, do you mind turning towards me, Tommy? Do you mind turning towards me? Thanks, I just want to see your face. Um, that the idea is that a gzeira will only be applied, right, A, if Chazal feels there's sufficient need, meaning there's a, there's a principle in, throughout the Gemara, that they won't make a gzeira in a situation which is lo shchiyach. Anyone know the term lo shchiyach? What? Not common. Okay, so that's explicit that the Gemara will say if it's not common, not common issue, they don't make zeros like that. So whatever their perception is that it is a common concern. Also, it has to be, the Robin writes this way explicitly also, that a zero has to be something that the Tibor can accept. That it's, not, it's not imposing too much on the Tibor. If, it, if it's too overwhelming, then it's also not going to be uh, a valid zero. So those considerations are taken into account. Could go away if it's not common? 
Uh, that's an interesting question. That's an interesting question. Maybe in theory. I'm not sure how much practically in our day, but maybe in theory. Perhaps. Perhaps. David. Okay, so that's a good question in general. I mean, I want to get too much into the rafts, and I'll, I'll tell you, once you brought it up, I'll tell you something quickly, but, but uh, it's, that's, a, that's, a, that's the next level question, which is what do we do in our experience in our era doesn't seem to be the reality that with Chazal we're facing. So does this concern really exist anymore? And if the concern doesn't exist, then maybe we, are we still subject to the, to the Gezerah? I'll mention one thing about the raptors. I, I, think, I always think it's worth mentioning because people are always like, raptors are so stupid. It's ridiculous. Well, I don't know. Like most pools I go to in someone's backyard have flotation devices that people blow up to be able to, you know, either to use as like floaties or to lie on. There are a lot of those flotation devices. Most times I'm in the pool, someone's using a flotation device. So to, tell, to say like it's not relevant, it sort of would be surprising to me. It's not relevant at all. It's true. What? I think so, yeah, to bow it up, to, to make it useful, I think, I think, probably, I think so. Anyway, but it's, it's just, that's a side point more than anything else. Although we can debate, we can debate that. Okay, but let's, uh, Josh, you a cool question? Yeah. Um, yeah. Please, I think so. Okay, so let's jump in now to this, uh, this Gemara. The question, section number two is what are the parameters? Okay, we're saying the analogy, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be clapping, you shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't be uh, smacking your leg, dancing around. So obviously a big problem we have, guys, is that, we do this all the time, right? And, I mean, I, you don't have to take a, to take a poll, but like, think to yourself, like, do any of us not clap on Shabbos? Not do, and if you haven't been in a context where dancing has been performed under the auspices of a halakhically uh, careful religious organization, right? Like, we presume we all have. Maybe Oraita is one of those places, right? So like, the idea that we have like a Labor Day Kabbalah Shabbat that's shun a bet from a different seminary but when they come to actually experience our Kabbalah Shabbat is what well, the singing is very nice, but we clap and there's some dancing. I know like, you know, bar, there's, Baruch, there's Baruch Tel Elyon. Uh, you know, I, you know, part of the whole experience is the dancing that goes on afterwards. So you could just, you could just be cynical and be like, yeah, I know, it's not such a religious, that's <laughs> a dialogically uh, whatever, but Presumably that's our experience. So how are we going to justify the behavior that we know uh, or that is explicit in the Mishnah? Like, you know, sometimes they say, well, you know, one opinion says it's us, It's a Mishnah. As explicitly says it's prohibited, how can we justify a behavior against the Mishnah? Okay, so the first thing we have to do is define the parameters of to what extent are you not allowed to do these things. So let's look at a, a, a Gemara Masech at Erevin. It's a longer piece. I, don't wanna, I, don't, I want to kind of go through it quick because I don't want to dwell too long on it, but i just give you the, the basic idea. Okay? Ula, ikla, lebeira, banasha. What's the word? Ikla? Yeah, visited. Ula visited the house of Rabbanasha. Ata, uhu, gavra, tarifa, baba. A person came along, and tarifa, baba means knocked on the door. Baba, like gate. Baba, kama, baba, messiah. Okay. Amar, he said, man, hi, who is this? Like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, knock, knock, who's there? Yeah, there you go. From the Gemara. Uh, like you're, the person who's Mechalal Shabbos, their body should, it's a play on words, should be like disintegrate. 
Okay, meaning like, uh, it's really harsh terminology, but basically it's saying like, you're in violation of Shabbos by knocking on the door. So Amr le Rabbah, so Rabbah said back to Ula, oh, lo asru ela kol shel shir. The only prohibition is kol shel shir. Okay, what type of kol, what type of sound making is prohibited? Musical. Okay, this is a machlok at Ula and Rabbah. Okay, Ula thinks not only is music, is music prohibited, you can't create any type of sound. I guess we'll say artificially. Obviously, you can speak on Shabbos. Okay, um, okay but creating artificial sound, according to Ula, would be prohibited. Rabbah did not think that was true, and therefore knocking on the door would be okay. Okay, that's the basic machlok. If you look in the Yushalmi, in source number four, Amar Blazer, kol mashmi'e kol asurin b'shabah. Okay, and which, which opinions are in Yerushalmi seem to agree with? What? Ula. Okay, it seems like Ula. Any, and creating any type of sound on Shabbos is prohibited. Okay. Comes along this host with the source number five. On this Gemara in Erevin. It says, Pireh Rabbeinu Hanano, Dehilchata Ke'ula. Rabbeinu Hanano said, Allah is like Ula. Da'filu kol she'eno shal shir asur. Okay. Even a sound that's not shalshir is prohibited. He points out something else here. We didn't see the whole Gemara, but I think it's worth it. Methodologically, it's worth it. He says, "Af al gav deshani rabba kohani tiyufta daakshilei ashinuye lo samchina." He says like this. This is actually interesting. The Gemara in Erevin, as it continues, so Ula raises all these difficulties on Rabba's opinion, and Rabba is able to answer all all the questions. Okay. So the question is, if you have a sugya like that, you know, the Gemara very rarely says. Hilchata blank, right? So when you have a sugya where you have sort of like question, response, question, response, question, response. So you have to ask yourself, like, who wins? Halakhically, who wins the sugya from a halakhic perspective? So there's two ways of seeing it, right? One way would be that the person who successfully defends their opinion over and over again is the winner. Or what else could you say? What else could you say? Is someone new? Yeah? Noah? No. Well, row. But do we have what's the row? What would the row be in that type of situation? It's hard to say. That's a good point, right? But what what will be the way to say it? Yeah, R. Can we do seniority? Okay, it could be seniority. Just whatever. That could be a possibility. Excellent. Okay, what else? Yeah, Josh, mostly. Um, the fact that he had so many questions and nobody asked him any questions. Right. I mean, it's sort of like uh, you know, it's like he's on the attack. Right. Ula's on the attack the whole time. So it's true, Rabba was able to defend himself, but in the end, what the feeling you get from the sugya might be that the winner of the sugya is Ula, right? This is like, it's like a boxing match, right? Like, it, it is possible that someone doesn't get knocked out, you know? But just because you don't get knocked out doesn't mean you won the fight. In fact, it might be just the opposite. Yeah. Yes, it's true, you could say that. I'll, I'll go one further. Let's go one further. What, if you wanted to say the halakha should be like Rabba, how would you explain that the sugya is all these kashas on Rabba defense? Kasha defense. How would you explain from a methodological standpoint, why would a sugya do it like that if the halakha, in fact, is like Rabba? What is it? I mean, because if his is the halakha, then all, it's, then all the attacks on him are just trying to disprove it. His correctness is statement. That's good. Uh, I'll say, I want to say even stronger. You want to say even stronger than that, but you're, but you're good. You're, I think, yeah? 
Okay, no, Alicia, yeah? It would be like anticipating future attacks on the Halakha. Right. Maybe say like, oh, well, since all the focus is on Rabbah, I guess that he's the opinion we should be paying the most attention to. So that's what we're attacking him, because we want to make sure we like, sharpen, I think that's what I'm saying, right? Like, to do the same, right? We try to sharpen that, uh, that opinion to the point where we understand. Okay, but, so the Gemara, so Tozo says like this. Pirish Rav, the Hilkadah Ka'ula, the Filu Kol Sha'inu Shashir Asur. He says, Afal Gav, the Shani Rabba, Gali, do you have to, even though Rabba answered all these questions, to actually, Ashinuye Lo, something. And we don't rely on the, like, the answers. Just because you're able to answer all the questions, that's not really what we're focused on. So, so that's one way of saying Okay? That we're, because all the kashas, we speak this, you get the sense that Ula's right. But Rav Alphys, who's Rav Alphys? Rav Alphys, yeah, it's Josh Alphys. No, no, no. As I thought, but, but who's Rav Alphys? No one? Oh, okay, man. Okay, good. Uh, write this down. Rav Alphys is the rip. They kept saying it. Oh, they said it? Oh, wait, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I guess someone said the rip. What? You said Alphys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rabbi I apologize. I didn't hear you. Sorry. Okay. Um, okay. So he's he's from Fez, Morocco. From so Alfasi. So Rabbi so Rab Alpha says Pasku um, Karaba. Okay, uh, etc. Okay. So you see in the Toso, there's a machloket the Rishonim about who the halacha is in fact, uh, in fact, like do we pass him like Ula, which would be pretty strict, or like uh, or like Rabba, which would be much more reasonable in the sense that. It doesn't, uh, uh, you're allowed to do other, make other sort of sounds, but we still have a problem with the uh, issue of making musical sounds, clapping and dancing and things like that. Okay. Now, if you look ahead to the riff himself, if you look in the riff in source number six, so he tries to explain what's going on here. Um, so he says as follows. If you guys see source number six, he says, if we stop it makes sense to Hilchata Kabate de Rava. It makes sense that Allah will be like Rava. Now he says Rava, even though our version says Rava. Sometimes those get switched. Don't, that's not going to work to the De Amr lo Amr al It makes sense that Allah will be like would be like uh, like Rava. Okay. He says be the Taris Rabacha Bar Yaakov Kabate Alma Kabate Sfirle. The fact that Rabacha Bar Yaakov is answering up for uh, for the opinion of Rava implies that he holds like him. That's why he's you know, cares a lot to answer on his behalf. So that's an indication you get in the Sukkot too that someone's trying to defend someone else's opinion and must be an opinion that's worthy of defense. And this is what Judah was saying before. Okay? If, uh, he says, But we see some people uh, follow Ula. And they're relying on the Gemara of who are the Bnei Ma'araba? What? What? You said the right first time. You're Shami. Ma'arava, right? We say in the Gemara, Amrei ben Ma'arava. What's Ma'arava? The west. The west. So from Babel to the west is Eretz Israel. Okay? So the, so the Gemara of the of Ma'arava means the Yerushalmi. So what the Riff is saying essentially is that the people who paskin like uh, Rabbah seem to be paskining based on the proper reading of the Bavli. And the people who paskin like Ula, despite Tosa's explanation of, of Rabbi Hananel, that uh, maybe inherited in the Sugya, you possibly like Ula, is that they're relying more on the Yerushalmi. As you saw in source number four, with the Yerushalmi, Ula seems to line up with the Yerushalmi. So he sets it up as a seeming as a machloket Babli Yerushalmi. Well, what do we do, says the Rift, when you have a machloket between the Babli and the Yerushalmi? So look at the last uh, two lines in the underline. 
says, Ve'anan lo spira lanachi. We're not going to hold like that. Ve'kevan de sugyan de gemara dilan lehetera. Since a sugya, and our gemara is permitting it. Lo ichbatulan b'may da'asit de gemara We don't care that the Yushambi says it's Aser. Del Gemara Dilan Samfinan. It's all like Bavli pride. We rely on our own Gemara. De Batrahu. First of all, it's Batra. What does it mean when we say it's Batra? What's Baba Batra? Last. So we say, what's that? Later. So the Gemara, the Bavli is a later, is edited later. The Inu Havu Bikiye, the Gemara, the Nebarab, they were much more bucky in the, in the, in the Yerushalmi than we, than we are. They know the Gemara and Yerushalmi, and yet they still concluded differently. So that's why we rely on our Gemara Babli, which is a good uh, general point, right? We, generally speaking, we pass in like the Babli over the Yerushalmi exactly for that reason. Alicia. Yeah, I like Rabba a lot. Yeah, me too, it's great. But how, don't we already have a Gezer that says you should? Play instruments because you might play instruments. Yeah, but we but Rabbi only talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But so why would we make another gazera that? By the way, when we're playing instruments, don't play. Or if you we already have gazera, they don't. But that's not about Rabbi. That's the mission you're asking about. The mission. Um, I mean, Rabbi Ula just argued about whether you're allowed to uh, create sound that's not musical sound. No, yeah, so Rabbi says only when music is playing. So the question on Rabbi is, but we're not allowed. Only, only to create music. Only to create. Kol shall shear. Right? Sound that's musical. So he would still hold a clamp and a beat is awesome. Yeah, it's a mission. You can't, you can't really argue. It's hard to argue the mission. Okay. Yeah, he would still agree with that, Josh. Did you, did you say maybe that Um, I, I, right, you're, you're obviously setting me up. I don't want to say Xera Xera. That's like the. Uh, that's, that's what you have to say. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe could you say that the Xera. First of all, the, the response to Xera Xera is always. Yeah, so you, right, right, the response is one big Xera, right? So you say that like any artificial sound is exactly that, something like that, right? Artificial sound is Shemitake. There could be other issues with making sounds on Shabbat. There could be other issues that maybe it's not only Shemay talking Klaishir, excuse me. But, but uh, meaning, we'll see a little bit some other possibilities of what uh, other, other issues could be. Just to, I, I might have been missing it. There are two versions of Kula Chadakzeri. One is that B is to protect A and B will never stand up unless there's C. And the other one is to say B and C are categorized as one thing. Mm. Which is the two different arguments to go here. I know which one will work better. Oh, that's interesting. You're going to tell me for a thing? He's saying, like, if we, want, if, we, if we want to say it's one big zera, so either it's that, it's just like, yeah, all types of sounds, either it's not actual musical instruments, it's going to be prohibited, or we're going to say that really we want to say is that clapping and things like that us are because Shami is talking Klaishir. But in order to make sure that's observed, then you have to just I, 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 prohibit all sounds. I mean, what if the first zera has no chance of standing without the second zera? So it's not right. So it's sort of like it's inherently like uh, linked to it. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't they have made Zera against singing way before they made Zera against all this? Ah, so that's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on, ridiculous. I think it's very judgmental. No, that is a little extreme. No, no sound. 
Okay, so this is a concern. This is exactly how Xerus work, right? The, the Xerus, they, they didn't say singing, right? They didn't say anything about singing. Well, I'm not sure. So, so, so again, let's go back to your original question, right? You asked beforehand, right? How do we make Xerus? It seems so ridiculous. So one of the rules we said in terms of Xerus is: is this something that the people can actually do, right? Can we actually maintain such a thing? So maybe you'd say like. You're right. That's it's that's too much. Like we can't make it. Maybe inherently, you're right. Maybe Maybe you would want to make a zero like that, but it's unreasonable to ask people not to sing at all. Can't do it. So okay. So we have to do it something else. That's one possibility. Another possibility may, may, might be. You want me to say a different possibility or a different question? Another, what, guys, what would another possibility be to make a distinction between singing and clapping? Why would clapping be usher? Because it's going to, like, it's, as opposed to singing. If the concern is going to fix music instruments. Yeah. If you're doing tefillah, you're definitely singing at some point. If you're reading the Torah, that's definitely singing. Oh no, so no, so that's that's the first thing. That's the first thing I was saying. That it's impossible. You're reading, you're reading what you're reading with the tamim. That's absolutely singing. There's no question. You don't need to have the. You don't need to have the tefillah. Just read it. There's no so the tefillah. Okay, okay. The entire argument is basically that in the first way of saying it, it's like impossible. Like you can't make it zero like that. It's on time. Yeah, but it's more possible. Like how careful would that be when they're setting the table to make not make any No. That's obviously incidental, not talking about. I mean, that's what we're talking about. That you can't. According to Ula, Robin doesn't agree with that. Yeah, I don't But don't mix your questions. You, you have to, are you asking one question or two questions now? Because you're asking me about sinking. Why is it, the, the question is, why is it more reasonable to make a bang, to, uh, to make Xerian's making a bang, and not, like, why is that more reasonable than making Xerian's sink? Okay, so, okay, so we said one reason might be it's unreasonable. It's too unreasonable. And we said Xerian's have to be reasonable. That's one. Josh, you want to say something? Or Avi, you want to say something about that? No? Well, you guys, do you think, why would you make a distinction between clapping and singing? What distinction are you going to make? Someone, someone here? Yeah, no? No, I'm saying, so that's what Yitai was saying. I mean, like, okay, we can say singing is just, it's something you need to do, but forget about need. Is there, is there, within its own essence of what they are, comparatively, to say, oh, here we should make a xera, lest we come to fix the musical instruments. But with this, with the singing, there's no need to make such a xera. Chuck. Um, I think, just as, like, Yitai was saying, like, the Torah is sounds. Okay, you're saying, like, a singing is like a, from the person themselves, and the clapping is more external. Even though it's using your body, but it's more external. Why would it affect the exam? What does that have to do with fixing? That's what he's thinks that's similar to an instrument, which is external. That would be, be the comparison. Yeah? If you're talking about like percussion instruments or like guitar or something, then clapping might, exam, might make more sense. But then you talk about instruments like, like that are blowing instruments, like trombone or something. Mm. You get that point? Okay, so Leif's saying maybe you went, you maybe, according to that Svari, you may make a distinction between different types of instruments. Maybe like a percussion instrument versus like a one you use breath for. Interesting. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Okay, I think we go both ways with that. Yeah. No, I mean, a question? Different question? Yeah. So, like, whenever they're allies, How do they say that someone is that by being like how's 
was making like they're not clapping, like they're expecting people to have control and not clap. So why can't they expect people to have control and not really clap? Oh, no, that's good. No, that's good. No, okay, exactly. So, okay, you guys, you hear Noam's question? It's a general question, but zero, right? You're saying, well, if you can follow the rule of the Durabanans, then you can follow the rule of the Doraita. That's what you're saying, right? Or the first Durabana. Well, well, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think it's really three. It, it sounds like, you know, it's... it's what? Well, I think the jump is clapping, you can fix instruments. That's the concern. Now, you're right. Where's the fixed instrument? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. If it's the interim one, it's fair. But we, again, like we just said, that was what that was Josh's question before. It's either one big thing or whatever, right? But if you're asking about, that's exactly what safe, that's exactly the point. The safeguarding is if you can if you, if we, we hold you back from doing the first thing, that will safeguard the door right. Why? Because first of all, many people will be able to follow the rule, and even if you broke that rule, even if you broke that one, ah, at least you haven't violated the door right. That you're not going to go that far. No, not bound. It's generally speaking, we don't want. I'll, I'll give you an example, okay? It's like. Uh, I mean, this is a silly example. But let's say, like, we're, like we went on a Tiyul, and they say, you know, we're going to be walking along uh, the, the edge of the cliff, so we don't want anyone to, anyone to fall off the cliff. So everyone just, you know, since there's space, just keep yourself three feet away from the edge. So then there's always just a couple guys who go a little close to the edge. We go, oh, so-and-so, come back from the edge. You know, we don't want you to go. Right? So why, why? If you trust me to go not three feet from the edge, so trust me not to go over the edge. Well, it's hard, right? It's hard to do that. So it's a little bit further away. It's a little further removed. That's, I, mean, I mean, maybe you're asking more deeper than that. But that's, I think it's, just, I think it's that simple. You shouldn't violate it. You shouldn't. But they're not the same. They're not the same, but still... It is bad, but it's, it's, it's not, not as bad. Well, if we made it like, uh, if you were in the army and they, made, if they were really like uh, crazy about it, then yeah, if you went over the three foot line, they, I don't know, they'd punish you. So yeah, but better, have, better to punish you at the cross the three foot line a little bit than to have a guy go over the edge. Inherently, no. No, I don't think so. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's, a, there's an Orsam Meach who talked about this issue. The Orsam Meach was a commentary in the Rambam. Right? So he has this idea about, like, why don't we say, like, Suffolk to Oraita Lachumra, we say in Suffolk to Rabbanan Lakula. We have a dad about the two things who are Machmer for Doraitas or Machmer not for Dorabanan. I think, I think if, I get, if I remember correctly, so he says, why is it that we don't say every Dorabanan is really a Doraita? Because the Torah tells us you're supposed to follow the, the base of the Rabbis. So it should be subject, every subject to Rabbanan is a subject to Oraita. So I think the way he says it is that we, we look at the Oraitas as inherently problematic and the Oraitas as issues of like, I'm not, you have to listen to the rabbis. So if you access, uh, I'm talking about something in Shogate, I'm talking about, right? Or in Shogate, like there's a problem now to do with Shogate. So if I, li- if I fail to listen to the rabbis, okay, so it's a problem with my listening skills. You, 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 you say there's something correctly, the Shogate is the Nisibas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so, right, so it's, it's a problem with my listening abilities. That's not good. So I'll deal with that. That's like a, that's a what do you call it, like a, a, a discipline issue, right? But if I violate the Doraita, it's inherently problematic to violate the Doraita. So yeah, so we would prefer, we would prefer you violate the Doraita than the Doraita. There are, you know, there. Only really Yeah, which is, which is not great, but it's, you know, but it, in, in the scheme of things, better. 
Okay, I, I, I'm so glad there's questions. I want to move on a little bit more. There's two more quick questions, and then we'll I, I jump in. I also think there's an element with Gazira showing that we believe in this so much that we're willing to go the extra mile. That's, that's an excellent point. Yeah, thank you. Is there a concept that you like hold by older opinions because they're closer to the Torah? Uh, I don't think we. It is a nice idea that like the older, like the, like the people who are like the older that have like you know, uh, there's like you read Asadoros. It's true, and I think in certain categories. Categ- Categorical ways we believe that, like the weight of the Gemara is more than the weight of a Rishon, and the weight of a Rishon is going to be greater than the weight of an Acharon. But in terms of Pesach Halach, I don't think we. Uh, okay, yeah, fine. Uh, just like an answer to all the things, I think it is a lot easier to tell a story about Torah guitarist don't pick up your guitar than just tell them don't tune your guitar while you're playing. Like, that's hard. Or to say don't pick up a pencil as opposed to don't write with a pencil. Right, so it's just simpler. Really, it, it's it's just a, it's just much easier. Yeah. Okay, let's jump now to potential legacy. So far we have, you know, uh, let's say we're passing like Rabba that you can make other types of sounds but not musical sounds. But how are we going to deal with our clapping thing? How are we going to deal with that? So the, probably the most important source in terms of this is the Tosfos. Um, oh, uh, we'll get to that actually. Okay, so the Tosfos is sort of as, uh, it's a, I want to say, um, how should I say it? It's an intro. It's uh, acknowledging the problem, let's say. Tosfos is an saying, Miu in limchot. Don't protest. He says, I guess the experience there is about women and children who aren't following these particular halachot uh, um, to the letter of the law. Because then there's a famous concept of the mutav you shogagin value mizidin. That it's preferable that they should be uh, shogagin, they that they're in violation by accident rather than purposely like knowledgeable in violation. So this is an argument that's used in this context as well, is that Look, they, if you look around, everyone's doing it. So you don't have to make a big deal. Maybe we don't make a big deal about it because someone will say, look, if people can't really hold themselves back, so then maybe we shouldn't at least protest. Okay, that's nice as a, maybe as a, uh, a, for, for a community that maybe it doesn't care enough about the mitzvot or isn't careful enough about the mitzvot, that might be okay. But I think we'd say for B'nai Yeshiva, we can up the, you know, up the ante a little bit and say we expect a little more of ourselves so we should learn about these halakha. So what are we going to do now? So look at this... Uh, as a precedent, it's interesting, there's a sefer called the Magin Avot, the Me'iri, um, right, the Me'iri, who, who his writings really were found later, uh, he interacted with the students of the Ramban a lot, historically, the students of the Ramban. And he has a lot of discussion, there's a sefer here called Magin Avot, where it's really about uh, sort of uh, protecting, sort of like explaining minhagim and practices that we have, and, and usually it's in distinction to the minhagim himself and the students of the Ramban. So he says, Ra'iti Gan, source 9, Ra'iti Gan came by Otama Talmidim, Shayu Mikilim Lizamer Bekleshir, Ulahair Meitare Hakino wrote, Usha'ar Mine Zemer Bishabab, below Shum Chashashi Sur. They seem to be using actual, actual instruments on Shabbat. Vinifleti Harbe, Hey Achor Garda Belzebidahem. I couldn't believe it. Like, I couldn't, they're not, forget clapping. They were using actual instruments. They only found the prohibition about Sibuk and Tibuach, which is like banging. So, who made this distinction? Leave. You make this distinction between the percussion instruments and like the, what do you call it, like the wind instruments? Right? So, it's, or string instruments. So, it sounds like they were saying maybe the percussive instruments were more problematic, but other types of instruments maybe were pretty permissible, which is kind of a fascinating distinction. Now, this is not the halacha, okay? We don't pass in this way at all. But it is an interesting source to see that maybe there is such a distinction, at least theoretically. Okay? Now, let's look at the uh, Hagod Maimonio. Hagod Maimonio commentary on the Rambam. 
So he says, uh, you know what? Let's skip that for now. Let's skip it for now. Okay, let's go to source number 11. The Tosa Mazaza Beza. This is probably the most famous source. Okay, Tosa says like this. On the Mishnah, in the Gemara that we had originally about clapping, it says, Rashi says the reason that we might uh, repair. Umiyu, however, he says as follows. Perk up now if you want. If you haven't paid attention until now, perk up now. Shari. For us, it's permissible. The Davka Bimehem, Shehayu Bikiin, La Asod Kleshir, Shayach Lamigza. It's Davka in their days where it was relevant. They were Bikiin, they were experts in making instruments, and I guess by extension, in repairing instruments. So it made sense to make such a Gzeira. But we don't have that level of expertise, and therefore it's not relevant to make such a gzera. Okay? So this is a very prominent uh, heter, so to speak, as you can pull out the toast vote and say, well, the whole gzera against clapping and everything was only in the context where they had the pikias, they had the expertise to make these repairs. Tosa says, we don't have the expertise. So Xeri doesn't mind us. So we're allowed to clap and do things like that. Okay? Now, do we accept this lahalacha? So let's see a little bit more. Okay? The Beis Yosef wants to bring up an issue that's really fundamentally problematic about the Tosa. Okay? What, what, guys, from a, from a fundamental standpoint, what's difficult about what Tosa's claim is here? Uh, just for that gazera is universal, you can't just do it particular. So if it's made, it has to be made for all time and all time. Yeah, so it's very strange. The idea that there's a gazera and Tosa could just sort of willy-nilly say, well, you know, it doesn't apply in our days. That's not really how gazeras usually work. Usually when guys start to complain about certain gazeras, the rabbi always says to you, well, I'm really sorry, but, you know, if we had a Sanhedrin, right, maybe we could make a new gazera, but we don't. And that's just the way it is. So it seems very strange that Tosa vote would suggest, and this is the only time he does, right, because it would suggest such a reality. Yeah. Well, just because they're really good instruments doesn't mean there are no instruments anymore. It's like, okay, so Romans, you want to build an arch. If I don't know how to build a Roman arch, I can still build that arch and I still build something. Yes, you're saying, though, you're questioning sort of his assumption that we don't have the keys. No, even, right, like, even, 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 even if we don't have the keys, I can tune an instrument badly and I still tune an instrument. Even if I'm not good at it, like, it's still a problem. Yeah, I guess you can debate whether that's actually us or not. Right, if, so, you, if you don't complete the job, but like, here, yeah, here you go. No, no, if I do complete the job, but I just, it, whatever, it took me like half an hour and I had to yeah. the manual and if I no, yeah, fair, right? YouTube video, yeah. It also seems like a very arbitrary. Inquire, you know. It also seems like a very arbitrary thing. Like, like, how does he know how many instruments there used to be and how many instruments there are now? And people's level of skill, like, it's just so many. Yeah, right, how does Tosas know that? I mean, that's a assessment, but how does Tosas know, right? How does Tosas know that that's really true? I saw some people here. I didn't say anything before. No. Yeah, no. No, so again, so if you say there's anyone, so again, with Xera, right, like we said before, it's only going to make sense to have make Xera if it's going to have widespread application. We're not going to make Xeras because there's like three guys who know how to make a violin. What? Or even the repair. You might say the repair is also, right? Again, you, so there's another claim you guys might make. So, what I hear from you is that you're saying that maybe in Tosfos' time, it was much harder to repair an instrument. But in our time, 
It's very easy to repair an instrument. I mean, I don't know how many guys who play guitar, um, but you learn how to tune the guitar like, and the, like the first lesson, right? Like, you, you know, even replacing the strings, which is like, whoa, like a big deal. Most, you know, half-decent guitar players can replace the string because you don't have to bring your guitar in for repairs every time, you know, you break a string. So maybe you can make a different argument against Toza and say, well, Toza's ideal works, but practically doesn't, uh, doesn't play out. You can say that. Let's go ahead. Okay, the Beit Yosef quotes like this. Okay? He says, Lo metafel l'mesafel l'merachtin. This is source number 12. First it says, Mishnah b'perak mishtila, and it's a Mishnah b'etzah. Lo metafel l'mesafel l'merachtin. Shami yitakin kleishir b'katvot tosvot. Dot, dot, dot. Alpha g'etafarak kamta b'etzah. Amrina sh'alva b'shnit batol tam ha'gzera. Lo nidbat l'ha'gzera. So the Beit Yosef says like this. Here is the problem. The Gemara tells us in Masecha Beitza that even when the reason for a Gzeira runs out, the Gzeira does not disappear. Because that's what happens. Gzeiras last forever. That's kind of how it works. Nonetheless, it says, HaTosvot medamu lemashkin megulin disharuha inna lapisha inna chasha metsuyin. It says, HaTosvot must explain as follows. Okay, are you guys familiar with this? Uh, there's a... Din is a halacha, or at least there was a halacha, they are not allowed to drink water that was exposed overnight. Okay, there's such a halacha. And the concern was that a snake creeping through your house overnight would be very thirsty and try to drink from the, whatever, or reach into the kli, and they would, I guess, when they bite on the edge of the kli, the, the poison from their uh, fangs would go into the, into the water. And then, if you would, God forbid, drink the water, you'd be poisoned. Loa lane. Okay, that was a concern, I guess, at their time, in those days. Toso says, well, we don't have snakes, like, running through our houses all the time, at least where we live, and therefore there's no reason to be concerned for a mind boom. If you come home, you know, you wake up in the morning, you see, oh, there's a glass of water that was left out overnight, you're allowed to drink that cup of water. Okay, you're allowed to drink it. So, so the base Yosef, to explain Toso, to defend Toso, says... Tosfo thinks the clay shear thing is like the Mayim Megulim thing. So it's not that he's mevatil the gzera. It's just that the gzera, I guess, was always sort of a uh, practical consideration more than a legalistic consideration. Something like that. It's a little bit of a difficult thing to say, but that's how he has to explain. Otherwise, you can't really understand Tosfo. Okay? Um, Rav Moshe Feinstein, it's not, it's not the source, but Rav Moshe Feinstein has a different explanation. He suggests uh, as follows that when Tosfo can say that the Gzeira doesn't apply anymore, that must be an indication that the Gzeira never had fully widespread acceptance. I'm not sure how Tosfo would know such a thing, but that must be. Like the in- inherent in the idea that you can say the Gzeira doesn't apply anymore, it must be, and never really totally caught on. If it never really totally caught on, so then you can say, well, at a later day, maybe it's not going to have the, pa- the power. But if it would have taken, taken, uh, taken off, then it wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't be able to say such a thing. But that is, that is Tosfos' explanation. This is used by a lot of people. Tosfos is used. It's a yeshomim in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Shulchan Aruch. Okay? If you look here, um, source number 13. Uh, is that where it is? One second. Uh, do I have it here? No, I apologize. I don't have it here. And the Shulchan Aruch, is not a source I gave you. The Shulchan Aruch has Tosfos quoted as a possibility. Um, Rafi, you had a question? Did he disappear? Yeah. Toast, question? Okay. Okay. Okay, let me show you um, 
Another explanation, another possibility that Beit Yosef suggests, we are, we're running out of time, I'll just say outside. The, tos, uh, the Beit Yosef suggests another possibility is not that you can plant, clap and dance all the time, but there are certain circumstances in which you'll be allowed to clap and dance. For example, at, on Simcha's Torah. Okay? Simcha's Torah is probably the biggest kasha, because like, even if you say, you know, hey, I know people who don't uh, clap and dance, whatever, but Simcha's Torah, everyone does that. So how can we explain it? So he says, if you take the following halachan consideration, if you say like this, Clapping and dancing is only usur midurabana, right? It's only usur midurabana, like we just said, okay? And on, uh, on Simchas Torah, you have the issue of kvod ha-Torah. You want to show honor for the Torah. Okay, so maybe the kvod ha-Torah will override that, the, uh, the durabana, okay? And then maybe other people might extend that to other situations. So I saw some people say that... When it comes to Shabbos, maybe you see the excitement and, and the celebration of Simcha's Shabbos. Simcha doesn't like that, I see, despite the uh, connection to your name. But uh, so uh, the Simcha of Shabbos may also overwhelm the Xerah de in a certain sense. But Simcha, why is that shver? Why is that difficult? It's a difficult svara. Yeah, right. It's like since anyways, and since when? Like since when? Oh, a little Simcha? Like doesn't work so well. Doesn't work so well there. So it's, uh, it's tricky, but, it, uh, but you should know. You should know that it's a widely, widely uh, practiced hetter. It's a widely practiced uh, hetter. I do want to show you uh, one more source inside. I'll take some last questions. Is that okay? Okay. Let me show you the Aruch HaSholchan, source number 50. The Aruch HaSholchan, source number 50. Oh, okay, can I say one thing before that? Rabbi Blau just showed me, uh, he sent me right before Shir Klali, a source from Rabbi Israel Hildesheimer to explain Tosvot. So he suggested that the clapping and dancing that Tosvot we're talking about, or that the Gezerah was talking about, going to Tosvot, is a very particular type of clapping and dancing. And presumably something like very like rhythmic type of dancing that produces a sound that is musical in nature. And since it's producing a sound that's musical, that is, um, that's what's prohibited. That's what the Gezerah was. But we don't have like the Bikiyas to make that rhythmic type of sound or that musical type of sound through our dances. We don't do that. And therefore, that's sort of the Bikiyas that we lack, whatever they used to do, I guess it's a little bit unknown, and we lack that. And therefore, that's what Tosus means when he says the Xerah doesn't apply because it doesn't, that never really uh, applied to that. The Aruch HaShulchan says something somewhat similar. So if you turn to source number 15, we'll say, we'll, we'll say this. He says, Katav Rebbeinu HaRamah Vesit Gimel. Uh, sorry, so he quotes the Ramad in first three lines that uh, nowadays we do it, we don't stop anybody, we don't have the Bikiyas, he quotes the Tosa. And the third line he says, mm-hmm. These are very surprising things. First of all, tying the strings of a violin or whatever, uh, it's very common, it's very easy to do. String instruments, just tie the string on, everyone can do it. Okay, so to tell me that we don't have the Bikiyas, the expertise to do that is, uh, doesn't seem to ring true. Okay? Um, one second. And if you go to the last line in that paragraph, and nonetheless, uh, also to, to just uproot Xera Durabanan doesn't seem to be justified for that reasoning. So he gives a new explanation, which will be a little bit like Rav Hildas Hamburg just said. He says like this Here's an easy, uh, obvious reason. Meaning, the, the Aruch HaShulchan is claiming not that we are canceling a gzera, 
Now that the Gezerah no longer applies, that what the Gezerah was for them, we, what we, let me say it differently, what we do nowadays was never prohibited in the first place. What do you mean? They used to clap and dance along with musical instruments, like accompanying the musical instruments. We don't do that. We use clapping and dancing to accompany singing. Okay? I'm going to skip a little bit here. Okay? He says, and he goes on to say, The Chachamim never made a about that particular thing. So the Aruch comes out, it's a little bit tricky, and on one hand, that gets hard to sort of understand, is that really true? Right? No, we didn't really think that was true, that there was like a limitation on the type of um, clapping and dancing they were doing, but it does solve the fundamental problem. Right? That if you're able to, so he, he doesn't want to, that the problem with Tosa, as we saw, is to say, well, it no longer applies, isn't such an easy thing to say with Xerahs. When it comes to Xerahs, it's, so it's not so easy to say. They don't apply anymore. That's not usually how we function. The Aruch HaShulchan is sort of a Dugan Enderam. Saying, oh, the Xerah never applied to that in the first place. What we do isn't what they were talking about, and therefore should be completely uh, permissible. Okay, so Lemaisa, I'll take a couple questions in a second. So Lemaisa, it is true, you will see many people who will not, under normal circumstances, clap or dance. You've seen people like clap backhanded, that is explicit. If you clap, the Ramam writes, if you do things, then you'll be a shinoi, it's okay. So clapping backhanded, whatever, different types of things. That is, you know, that, that's permissible. But a lot of people won't do clapping, but the fact that we do the clapping is either based on the toso, that everyone understands it, or the Arach Shulchan, as we, as we said. Simcha. You're saying that like using a door knocker, you're saying? No, I'm saying that's the story in the Gemara. Right? Nobody's saying we don't pass him like that, is what we're saying. We're not passing like Rabba? No, we pass him like Rabba. No, but that's yeah. even, even without Rula, even without Rula, yeah. that he's inclined that the knocking that isn't allowed is just a type of knocking that would make a beat. Not the type of oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, that's an interesting question. I think about that. It's an interesting question. Very good. Yeah? Good? Okay? Yeah, Josh. Oh, I think, I think they were just saying that their understanding was that the only types of, um, the only types of even instruments that were prohibited, I forget to that, but there's no actual source in like a mission that says you can't play instruments on Shabbos. Okay? The, the source tells that you can't clap and dance, shami yitak and klesher. So obviously you also can't play instruments. But they were saying that, so the model for playing instruments that you're not allowed to play on Shabbos is clapping and beating beats. So it's only percussive instruments that we prohibited. But other types of instruments, like the violin or harp, maybe it'll be okay. Or it should be okay. Interesting, interesting so far. Okay, guys, what's up here? Let's go.